It's time for the Ice Cap Podcast, the official podcast of the Jacksonville Icemen. This is your one stop for up to date Icemen and ECHL news. Now, here's your host, Alex Reed. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this next installment of the Ice Cap Podcast, the official podcast of the Jacksonville Iceman hockey team, where we talk everything Jacksonville Iceman hockey, of course, the ECHL, and just hockey in general. I am your host, Alex Reed, and my co-host back riding shotgun here in this uh, podcast after a one-segment or one-edition hiatus, and that is Arlie Johnson. Arlie, welcome back, my friend, and uh, Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Oh my God, this is maybe the craziest off-season that I have ever been a part of. I've been in hockey off and on for a dozen plus years now. I don't remember one that had more packed into such a short period of time. It's the shortest off-season ever, and I think the busiest off-season ever. This is incredible. It really has, and boy, we got the news to talk about, and I, we, I probably don't have enough time to, to get it all out, but we will. We'll make it work. We, we will, will find a way. We will, we will pack it We're in We're trained there. professionals. That, that is correct, and uh, so much to talk about here, and, and there's just it's all exciting news for this this organization as it heads into its uh, fifth anniversary and all-star season, if that's not enough excitement. But that's really not We're not even talking about that stuff really today. We've no. got other exciting news to talk about. In our last installment of the uh, program here, we talked about uh, the, the New York Rangers uh, becoming the new affiliate of the Jacksonville Iceman and uh, also dabbed a little bit into how the qualifying offers work and we're going to talk about now that, that list has been released that's going to be coming up here we'll talk about who was on that list and then of course uh, some of the signings that the team has made here in recent weeks some big names there as the Iceman try to get that core back together but uh, other news as well that I know that was breaking and we'll talk about a little bit about will certainly be the announcement yesterday of the community first igloo which was announced earlier this week at a press conference there at the, the former jacksonville uh ice and sportsplex uh there off of uh, emerson and, and phillips highway so uh that'll be an amazing uh amazing uh, addition to the ice organization we'll chat a little bit about that as well but we start here today with really the big news is this iceman club for the first time early in its entire uh, four plus years doesn't have a coach right now. No. As, uh, the big news since we last had our, our second edition of this program, uh, Jason Christie heading to the National Hockey League, uh, accepting a multi-year job with the Buffalo Sabres of the National Hockey League. We are so excited for him. Without question, a great opportunity for uh, for Smurf but, uh, and, and his family as well. But uh, we wish him all the best. But again, the, the search is on right now. But first, let's keep it with your Jason Arley. Uh, you got to be happy for Coach Christie. 27 years he's been in this game as a player uh, you know at the professional level or a coach I mean he's, he's been playing the game and been part of the game a lot longer than that but you know, from a professional standpoint uh he, he finally made it here and, and it's uh it's it's great to see oh he has worked his tail off to get to this point and you know obviously the winningest coach all time in ECHL history won a cup with Peoria as well uh Kelly Cup back in the day about 20 plus years or so ago and now he gets this opportunity that he just cannot pass up. Nobody in their right minds could have possibly passed it up. They get a chance to go with the Buffalo Sabres. And kind of a ground up, almost like a square one opportunity as well, where he's going to be assistant coach for Don Granado. Uh, one of the assistants, I should say. There's numerous ones up there. And, uh, and a chance to just improve the team, improve his standing, uh, more networking up there, and maybe a chance where he can really kind of get a, a clutch on 
some more things even better in the future for him if things go well. I mean, I can't imagine it getting worse in Buffalo. Uh, so if as long as the ownership has given Don Granado and the coaching staff an opportunity to make things right over some time, I, I think that he is in a wonderful situation for himself. But nothing more wonderful than just getting the opportunity in the first place. And uh, on behalf of everybody, we, we want to wish Smurf all of our best. And uh, we will have uh, definitely a chunk of Icemen with us up in uh, western New York for, uh, for the following days and months and years to come. Yeah, there's no doubt, with that, no question about that. And, of course, uh, you know, the winningest coach in, in ECHL history. I mean, you talk about a guy who's paid his dues. You know, Coach, coach Christie's certainly done that. I mean, as a player, the game means so much to him. Now as a coach for so long here, and uh, he gets this opportunity. And you mentioned Don Granado. He and, you know, he and, and Don, Don Ego, or Gratz, as he says, go way back with the days in Peoria, as you mentioned. And, and, and certainly with, uh, you know, Donnie Granado getting this position. You know, he took over midseason of the Sabres last year and really – you know, as bad as a year as it was for Buffalo, there was an improvement in that team when he took over. That team yes. played pretty good hockey, and they did a lot of it without Jack Eichel as well. So, you know, they had multiple injuries, but the team seemed to have a little bit of a shift. So we'll see if they can build upon that. But now his tie, obviously, with uh, with Don Granado and, and Jason Christie, he brings a Smurf up there. And, and the two of them, you know, the interesting part was even this past season, you know, those two were having conversations during the year, just kind of bouncing ideas off one another. You know, they're both coaches in professional hockey, and, you know, they would have like a weekly Zoom sometimes just, you know, chatting about strategy. Hey, we got this situation come up, or we're playing this team. They play a certain way. What are your thoughts? And, and you know, these guys have been kind of connected for many, many years, but even this year as well, uh, they were bouncing ideas off each other. And, and now that when Donnie Granado gets the job, he turns right to the guy that uh, he's been kind of uh, with uh, a long time, and that's Coach Christie. And it's really good to see that those two even kind of reuniting in that way. No question. And when you get a guy that you trust, it doesn't matter in hockey what level you're at. It really doesn't. I don't think Don Granado cared one bit that uh, that Smurf was an ECHL guy. He didn't have to have an NHL guy. It could have been a junior. It could have been a USHL. It could have been anything. If you find a guy that you can trust, that you know that you can bounce things off of like that, and it's a good two-way dialogue, that's your guy. Either direction. And uh, and obviously Don Granado felt that way about uh, Jason Christie. Felt like this was a guy that had to be kind of within his walls at this point. And, you know, for Granado, he had uh, a great sort of opportunity, a trial for uh, for getting the job. As you said, he was very successful with it. That was his one shot to make sure he maintained the job. He did well. The players responded. And I think him getting uh, Jason Christie up there is going to help with it being such a youthful team as well yeah. because uh, Smurf is so used to having a youthful team down here, as any ECHL hockey coach would. Not that it's exclusively like 22 to 24-year-olds, but you're going to have a lot of those Year after year after year, he knows how to work with people that age. He knows how to get the best out of them. He knows how to get the compete level out of these guys. And I think that's something that's going to really shine through once Buffalo starts competing again uh, come October. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the other things, too, you know, I happened to catch uh, the a press conference that uh, Sabres general manager Kevin Adams had it just shortly after the coaches were announced. And one of the things he said he was so impressed about with, with Jason and, and Coach Christie was the fact that 
he's seen it all because he's done it all. You know, I, he he's he gets how the game works and, and he's able to multitask. And I think the position that Smurf's taking up there is going to be one where he's going to have to juggle a lot of things. And and I think that might have been a, a little bit of a concern for them. Like, oh, how do you do that? But he's been doing this for so long. I mean, he's signing players. He's coaching players. He's worried about the power plays, worried about their meals, their travel and, and paying these guys and, 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 and living situations. I mean, there's not anything that Coach Smurf or, or Coach Christie hasn't uh, seen or done. And uh, and that was something that uh, it was interesting to hear, you know, uh, Kevin Adams talk about in the press conference with the media that, uh, you know, you know, Smurp knows his stuff and uh, uh, and, and has done it all. So, uh, again, a great fit, and, and we couldn't be happier for him, Arlie, and um, we wish he and his family all the best. Yeah, we, we absolutely do. I can't wait to have him up there and, and kind of just kept tabs on it. Maybe, you know, a little uh, text every now and again to him, congratulations, or I saw what you did there. Maybe there's a six-on-five power play goal in the last minute, or six-on-five goal in the last minute to tie something up that mm-hmm. he might have had a hand in. Right, if you right. know something like that happens, I'm going to send him a text and say, Smurf, I know that was on you. You got that extra point or those extra two points for your team tonight. Great. Congratulations. So uh, all the Icemen fans out there, uh, you know, regardless of how you felt about him, honestly, you've got to be happy for the organization, for the franchise, and for the league, too. Uh, this is a guy that has put his time in, and he earned this. Believe me, he earned this. This isn't just a good connection with the right guy kind of situation. He knows his stuff. He has for many, many, many years. Don Granado knows that. Uh, he's done everything, as you've said, as most CCHL uh, coaches do. I don't know why more of them don't get opportunities like this, truthfully. Right, yeah. But uh, but he has this opportunity. He will take the most of advantages of it. There's no question in my mind, and we can't wait to see it. But now, ultimately, yeah. it leaves the Icemen with a little bit of a gaping hole right now. They're missing their head guy. Somebody's got to steer the ship, and it's time to turn our attention to that, Raider. Yeah, well, that's one of those things that... Uh, you know, the, that comes when you uh, someone moves on. Now somebody's got to come in and, and fill that void, as you said. And, and right now that process is taking place. I, I know that, uh, uh, you know, Bob Arablo, the Iceman president, Andy Kaufman, the, the uh, you know, the team's uh, CEO and, and majority owner, you know, the, the process is on right now to find that replacement. Uh, I know they've been doing interviews already. Uh, they've been talking to some, uh, some individuals. And they even, you know, one of the things I, I, I like, too, is that they you know, they also want to get a little bit of the Rangers and Hartford Wolfpack's input. I mean, yeah. these, you know, their players are going to be sent here. They want their players developed. So, you know, they should probably have a say-so as well uh, in maybe who the candidate is a little bit. Um, so, you know, they're taking this process very serious. And, and now it, it's a very sought-after job with everything that's happening right now. Whoever gets this position with the rink coming up, uh, you know, the team you know, um, providing new housing now for the players and, and it just being a premier place to play. They're walking into a great situation. Yeah, I, I actually talked to a prospective coach at one point about th- this gig and said, you know, what am I to expect? Is it a good job? You know, it's just a general question. Is it a good job? Mm-hmm. And my reply was, this place is a gem. It has absolutely everything you could possibly want at this level. Attendance is there. Fan base is there. Uh, support from ownership is great. Support from the president, from Bob Arablo, spectacular. Uh, their communication is so good, and that's always something that uh, that a coach will want to make sure is there because if there's no communication, you've lost everything already. Their communication is so good between Andy and Bob, as it was with Smurf. I would expect the exact same thing with whoever the next coach is. Not to mention the all-star game. Not to mention no 
estate taxes, you know, little things like that. The housing that you said, the igloo just coming in uh, and having your own facility as of next summer, uh, you know, in full operation. It's yours now, but it's going to be fully operational for next summer. It has every single thing that a head coach could possibly want at this level. Uh, I got to think that this is the job of jobs in the ECHL right now. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, the league's starting to take notice. And, and that's really what ultimately this organization wants, you know, to get all these perks, all these things. You know, players are watching. And, and you know, we're talking about you know, recruiting, how this is going to help recruiting. So a, a coach walking to this situation is going to have that advantage. And Arlie, really, when we look at this search, you know, and there's probably a lot of people listening out there. So who's it going to be? Maybe you know, I'm sure everyone has their own ideas of who it could be and, and who they would like to see get in that spot. But, you know, typically you look at this league, you do see a lot of assistant coaches around the league jump up and take that next head coaching position. That's certainly an option. There's a ton of uh, fantastic assistant coaches who uh, are probably primed and ready to go as well. But certainly there's a lot of you know, veteran. Uh, when, when the team first came here, you know, who, who did they go with? They went with a veteran coach and Jason Christie. So um, there's a lot of veteran coaches out there as well that could also be the right fit. It is finding that right fit, but you know, really your thoughts on on this whole process and, and where maybe that next coach could come from and, and where should the Iceman look? Well, the, the great part about that is they can't possibly go wrong. They're going to have so many applicants, you know, yeah. I'm guessing a hundred or more applicants. The only part that's hard for the Iceman, I think, is that they want to do this in a somewhat speedy time period, time frame, but they want to find the right guy also. So I, I don't want Bob and Andy to just look at this guy, look at his name, look at the resume and go, you know what? That's our guy. I want them to go through the process, which can take a little time, but not so much time that they're falling behind because... It's hot, hot, hot for recruiting right now. We've got to start signing players right now, as the Icemen have done. We'll allude to that a little bit later, at least with a couple of players. But this is time where you are going to people who have just finished up their junior careers or finished up their college careers. And you have to call them now and say, we want you. This is what we, and we need a guy to do that. It's, it'd be nice uh, if Bob or Andy can do that right now, but they want to know who they're playing for. So... The Icemen, obviously there is a, a time frame. I want to make sure they get it done right, but I don't want them to do it so fast that they feel like they've rushed the process at the same time. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, whatever their, uh, their procedure is or whatever they feel like is the best fit, whether it is a young guy you know, who has been an assistant in this league, whether it is somebody who has won at this level before, maybe somebody that's won at a, an above level, maybe somebody who was overseas, uh, which was what Greenville had, in fact, last year. I think it was Andrew Lord. I yeah, thought he, yeah. he was Great my coach. pick for Coach of the Year. I don't think he won it, but he was my pick for it personally. Um, and he, I thought he was sensational for them. You, know, you, uh, you grab the right guy for you. Uh, they'll find out who it is. I, I can guarantee you one thing. Whoever it is, you can have faith and trust that Bob uh, Arablo and Andy Kaufman made the right decision for them. They're going to feel like he is the best fit for this organization, and uh, you're going to see this team doing some really good things with whomever the next coach is going to be. Yeah, without, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it is, it's a very big decision. And I like what you said there. You, know, you, you want them to kind of make it quick because we're really, you know, we're, here we are. We're in August. We're a couple of months away from October where the season starts. And obviously, you know, there's the recruiting that's going on right now. You know, you, you don't want to miss out too much on the recruiting. Of course, whoever comes in is going to be able to have their contacts uh, and try to recruit a, as well. But, um, you know, at the same time, you want to make this decision. You want to do it right. And, um, you know, it's very interesting to see uh, how this process will, will play out. Um, 
You got any guesses at all? Do you have any? Do you have any uh, guesses at all, or you just don't I, want to go there? I don't necessarily want to go there because it's just going to start opening up the rumor <laughs> mill. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I will leave that alone. I am. I could. I will say this. I am going to assume that there is one specific person that our fans will think is going to be a part of the process, and he may or may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would certainly be very happy for this particular person if he is a part of the process in any capacity that is best suited for him. I, I'm sure you can kind of put your you know heads together and figure out who I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. I don't yeah, know if it's yeah. going to be that or not. Um, let's just wait and see. Enjoy the process. This is the kind of thing where, you know what, it's out of your control. It is. So let's yep, just leave yep. it alone <laughs> and see and let it come to us, as mm. they say. One other thing that I do want to add also, I am thrilled not only that we are using the Rangers and Hartford Wolfpack as a resource here, but that they wanted to be a resource mm-hmm. for this. They could have easily just said to uh, to Bob and Andy, you know what, it's your team, go ahead, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But because we signed a multi-year deal with them, they know that we are now part of their uh, feeder system too. So I'm thrilled that they said, yeah, let us, let us, talk to people. Maybe we have a suggestion for you. It could easily be a situation where somebody from the Hartford Wolfpack or from the Rangers has a quick phone call here and says, like this guy, you need to talk to him. You need to give him the time. We think he'd be a great fit for Jacksonville. If uh, if the Wolfpack feel that way and the Rangers feel that way and we don't, maybe we can let him go. But if we do feel the same way, if everybody's on the same page, that could ultimately end up being your guy. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, it's great to see that that they wanted to be part of it. It just shows you the relationship that you know the working relationship that the Icemen, the Rangers, and the Wolfpack are already having here, and and you know want they, they want to be part of this as well. And I know that uh, you know they have been reached out to by you know by Bob and and, and Andy just to say hey, you know looking hey do you, do you know of anybody? I know the Rangers have you know mentioned some names to them as well, but you know the Rangers say well, whoever they are with. The Rangers and the Wolfpack, they would like to have a conversation with whoever maybe they're talking to as well, just because, again, their players are the ones that are going to be getting developed here, and uh, it's going to play a very key role in that development. Well, the search is on. We'll see how it goes. And, uh, it, boy, it's just some of the, the big news going on right now. We'll take a break, come back, and it'll be time to talk a little bit about the uh, the new ice rink that's going to be uh, renovated here in uh, Jacksonville. And, of course, I'm talking about the Community First Igloo. And, of course, hey, whoever the new coach is, he's going to be coaching some players. We've had some player signings here, and we can also talk about the qualifying offers. That'll be coming up here in our next segment. You're listening to the Ice Cap Podcast. The Jacksonville Icemen offer discounted tickets for groups of 10 or more. Whether it's a company outing, a group from your school or church, or just a gathering of friends, the Icemen can help you set up a night of fun at a discounted cost. Other benefits include an intermission ride on the popular Fan Zam, a post-game group photo, or take a shot on net after the game. Ticket fundraisers are also available. For more information, contact the Icemen office at 904-602-PUCK. That's 904-602-7825. Or visit us online at jacksiceman.com. Iceman Hockey, feel the freeze. And welcome back to the Ice Cap Podcast. Uh, the podcast uh, is the official podcast of the Jacksonville Iceman Hockey team. And Alex Reed alongside Arlie Johnson here in our third installment here of the, the Ice Cap Podcast. And um, the first segment, we were talking largely about Coach Christie going up to the Buffalo Sabres. And then, of course, now that creates a coach coach opening here uh, for the Jacksonville Icemen. And right now, that whoever that player is, or certainly whoever that coach is, 
That was not a hint, by the way. I'm not trying to make a hint there by saying player. <laughs> that was just uh, misspeaking. So everyone's going to say, oh, they're going to break They're going to break that apart. Oh, my gosh. What did he say? Uh, I don't know anything. I really, really don't. But uh, um, basically, whoever the coach is that comes in, uh, they're, they're going to be uh, you know coaching the, the players here, of course, naturally. And there's some of those players have already been uh, signed and agreed to terms here with the team for the next season. And uh, we'll talk about those players. And um, those players, really, first off, the first signing, you got to love it, uh, Arlie. Uh, Aaron Nazarian, your leading scorer. I mean, this guy in a very strong league last year. Yeah. You know, it was a very competitive, strong league. He took uh, in his second year. You know, he he took it up to another level, and uh, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. But led the team in scoring last year. Fantastic first signing. Oh, Aaron Nazarian, a part of the Jacksonville Icemen again uh, after being acquired in a trade last summer. It was just before they had uh, announced how many teams were not going to be part of the ECHL last year. Uh, Jason Christie saw an opportunity. Adirondack had come here two seasons prior and kind of wiped the Icemen off the off the ice surface that night. It was one of the worst nights that the ice had, but not for Aaron Nazarian that night. Jason Christie remembered that. He knew we wanted to make him part of the organization. He knew that Adirondack was going to be gone, so he said, let's make a deal. I want this guy. Uh, and it turned out to be a phenomenal trade for Jacksonville, uh, not just for last year as the leading scorer, but now coming in the fold again. Yeah, Aaron made a, a huge jump going in with a league that was at 50% capacity, so you only have 50% of the jobs available. So like you said, the level of play was maybe as good as the ECHL has ever seen, and yet still, he really increased his play as a young guy as well. Uh, he works his you-know-what off, he will do whatever it takes, uh, he is leads by example, great locker room presence as well, uh, and so I thought he was an ideal first signing for the Jacksonville Icemen, and obviously the fans are going to be thrilled to have him back uh, seeing Double Deuce out there again. J.C. Christie called them the water bugs. So I uh, just loved the way he scooted around the ice and uh, got around and uh, and got things done. Well, the Icemen then after that, you know, you go from the offensive side of things, then they moved over to the defense, second signing that was announced. And this one also brings a lot of physical uh, physical a- aspects to the, the Icemen uh, roster and the lineup. And this was a guy that uh, really came in and really became a fan favorite, and he became everyone's. Friend, as yes, I'm playing off the word there. Of course, I did it. But uh, Jacob Friend, of course, the rugged uh, defenseman. Uh, he's tough as they come, and uh, he'll be heading into his second year pro. Expect big things out of him. Try to take his game up another level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he is a classic third pairing left shot defenseman. Is it exactly what you want? It's right out of the textbook for what you want out of that particular player on your team. Everybody is valuable. That role is exceptionally valuable. And you have, I mean, there's tough. And there's Jake. I mean, he's he will go toe-to-toe with anybody. He does not care who he's up against. Veteran, young guy, big, small. He's got a job. He will fill it. But he's more than that, too. I mean, he's. I thought he was a very solid defender. I thought he really stepped up his game as the season moved along. He is a young kid, remember? Uh, it was a really a great unknown when we signed him mid-season, for that matter. He was just a college kid trying to find an opportunity. He took advantage of it. Uh, he in a big way, and he is steady and reliable, good for penalty killing as well. Maybe he's not going to supply a whole lot on the offensive side, but that particular role on your team doesn't have to do that. But the things that he is there for, 
He's doing them exceptionally well already at a young age. And I look for even greater things out of uh, Jacob Friend this upcoming year, not only with the gloves on the ice, but with with them still in his hands and, mm-hmm. and being able to do some great things. I, I, I'm looking forward to his physical clean play coming out more also. Mm. Uh, body checking on, on guys, <laughs> pl- playing, it, playing it in the corners, make people realize, let them know that you're there, as they would say. If somebody comes in on a four check, Make sure that you know that you're going to drill him and pop him if he's trying to gain entry into the zone on the blue line. Come and try try and go down on the wide side. I want Jacob to be plastering those guys <laughs> up against the glass. And that's the kind of thing that I'm going to be watching for out of him. Perfect, perfect guy to have on your team. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, really smart and, and prudent signing from the Icemen to get uh, Jacob Friend back in the fold. Yeah, and there's no doubt he'll hit. My goodness, some of those hits he had last year, uh, you just felt them you know, when, when he'd apply them. But uh, I certainly know the opponents did as well. So uh, an excellent uh, addition there. And I know, uh, you know, one of the things they want him to improve upon, really, I mean, he brings all those intangibles. He, he's steady, but uh, they want him to work on his foot footwork, his foot speed a little bit. But I mean, that's stuff you can work on. And, yes. and again, he's just going into his second year. They didn't even play a full professional season last year. So he'll be going into his second uh, full year. And uh, no doubt, uh, you know, he's grabbing some attention of, of scouts out there. It looks as if the NHL is looking to get physical again, you know. And the next level, uh, you know, that physical play kind of took a sidestep here. But you saw the stuff that's been happening with hits in the NHL. And, and now teams are trying to go out and get tough, you know. I mean, and, and the Rangers were involved in that a little bit last year. You know, they had to have, uh, you know, Panarin there and you know, getting there. And he's had to mix it up for guys. And that's not his role. He should never have to do that. Right. So then who do they go out and get here in the free agency? They get Ryan Reeves now, you know. So, you know, I mean, they get some from, from, from Vegas. So, you know, you're starting to see that trend that teams are trying to get tougher. And uh, I think Jake Friend knows that. I think he realizes that he needs to have a good year. So I look, I, and I expect him totally to have that. So, um, and then looking at uh, the third signing, the most recent one, another uh, offensive uh, threat, and that is Abbott Gerducus, a, a guy that uh, started the year off a little bit of an injury, played a couple, ga- few games, and then obviously was out for a bit of time. Came back though, and boy, did he go on a tear there in the month of March and into April. I think he had a span where he had a point in 16 of 18 games or yeah. something like that. He went on a little bit of a tear there without question. Had the hat trick against Florida. Uh, a guy that had 35 points last year. And um, uh, I, I think him going into his third year, you know, if he goes in, he could stay healthy. I think he could be another contributor coming up this year. I don't think it. I know it. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, and, and his confidence is sky high. It's got to be higher right now than it was all season long. He had a rocky start. As you said, injuries played a part of it. But I think he also maybe sat down and, and took a seat up in uh, the third level of the of the arena a couple times last year, just as a healthy scratch, just a just a kind of clunky start. But once he got going, and I, I actually broke it down once I uh, immediately after I saw his signing, I, I think he had maybe three points in his first twelve games, all assists, zero goals. His first dozen games, he turned it on from there. He was a point a game guy. He reminds me a lot of Cody Fowley. I actually want to see just a little bit more consistency in his game. He did have another stretch after he was, uh, I think, runner up for Player of the Month. Another stretch where he didn't have so much going on. But after those first dozen games, he was a a point-a-game guy. He had 32 points in 35 games after that first dozen. Uh, In the final, I believe, eight games, I think he had 11 points in eight games. He was on a tear at the end also. So this is a guy, again, young, similar to Era. He just finished his second full season. He's got good size. I'd like to see him maybe get a little bit more strength, maybe work a little better in in the corners, uh, maybe good puck possession, things like that. But the other things that he does well, he does exceptionally well, and I, I expect him to put the puck in the net quite a bit more often. He's a playmaker, too. He can go both directions with that. 
maybe a first unit power play guy this upcoming year in Abbott Gerducus. And uh, for us to have him right now and feeling the way he does mentally, uh, he's in the right frame of mind. I know that he is. Uh, it's going to be a very, very beneficial signing for the Iceman. I can't wait to see who's already paired up on the line with him because yeah. uh, he, he can really offer a lot to his lineys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so those are three quality signings there for the Iceman here so far in the offseason. You know, I know they got some more signings that are, that'll be announced here shortly once those contracts get approved. But, um, you know, one of the things we talked about, or at least I talked about there in the last uh, episode, was I, I broke down the whole process of the protected list, the end-of-season roster, and the qualifying offers. And uh, now those qualifying offers have been released. So, um, you know, the Iceman could put eight players on the qualifying offer list there. And the qualifying offers, as we talked about, you know, whether or not, they're, pretty, they're pretty much contract offers to players. It kind of entice them to sign early. But if not, by qualifying a player, the Iceman own that player's rights for up to an entire pretty much calendar year. Yeah. So, um, and those rights can be used if a player, let's say, goes overseas, um, then they want to come back, they have to come to Jacksonville. Of course, uh, the Iceman can use those as assets to trade those players' rights to other teams and get other assets to them. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility. That's what was big on that. And, you know, it, let's go ahead and look at the list here, Arlie. Go ahead and read it off here. But uh, the Iceman protecting those eight players. And uh, we'll talk about some of these names because some of these names on the list – our guys that have already signed over in Europe, but right. we'll chat about that. They are all intriguing in their own way. I mean, we could break each one down. I guess that's kind of what podcasting is for sometimes, just yeah, to break yeah, things down a little bit. But uh, here's your list of eight. We'll start from the from the back end and work our way up. Goaltender Eamon McAdam, who only played a handful of games for the Icemen, but was very, very solid. Spent the rest of the year in the American Hockey League last year. On the defensive side, only one. It's Croy Evingson, uh, which I think is a... a a bit of an eyebrow raiser for me for Croy Evingson coming into the fold. But again, similar to Jacob Friend, young kid, out of school, big frame, mm-hmm. tough kid. Uh, so I, you could see maybe sort of a twin tower kind of tandem between those two if things come come that way. Now the forwards, and it is a big group and it is a talented group. You've got Nick Saracino, Pascal Ake, who we have addressed uh, before, is already signed overseas. Christopher Brown, Brendan Warren, Derek Lodermeyer and Ian McKinnon. Those are your those are your six from a forward standpoint. Uh, the one that stands out to me, Brendan Warren. It was sort of Jason Christie's guy. Yeah. He, he he sort of found him off the waiver wire from Indy a couple years ago. He had poor numbers, I would say, at the University of Michigan, but it is a preeminent program and. He saw that that was the program. Maybe the numbers aren't there, but that doesn't mean that the skill isn't there. Sometimes you're just caught in a numbers game where you had a program like that. Clearly, that was the case for Brendan because he's been sensational for this team. As as good a 200-foot player as I have seen in a Jacksonville uniform going from front to back. He can do everything on the, on the defensive end. He is responsible. He can penalty kill. He back checks. And then on the offensive side, the things that, you know, kind of flash and shine in front of you. He can do all those things too. He's got great hands. He's got great vision. He's got a high hockey IQ. He's the guy that I think more than any, I really want to make sure is ultimately a part of the Jacksonville Icemen. Um, and after real that, quick, we'll one say. thing about him, about Brendan too, is he really impressed. He got that call up in Rochester. Right. And he did very well up in Rochester there in the time that he had. And, uh, you know, I, I know they were impressed with him. I know it's a guy that I think they're keeping an eye on. Um, I know that either way, even if they were maybe to work something out with him, the Iceman would love to keep his rights right here in Jacksonville. But then we have to talk about, hey, 
There's Jason Christie in the Buffalo Sabres organization. Oh, true. And obviously, their AHL affiliate is the Rochester Americans. You know, you may say, hey, that's my guy. Let's, let's definitely get him up there as well. That's just something to look at. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but something certainly to keep an eye on there. But you're right about Brendan Warren. Uh, I think you know, if the Iceman get him back, uh, boy, it's going to be good news. Well, if it does come that way, for those who are wondering, well, what if it does go that way? You're going to start going down the rabbit hole. How how could this possibly work? Uh, Buffalo's ECHL affiliate is the Cincinnati Cyclones. Uh, so if you see anything with Brendan Warren, there's really only two options right now. One, he is with us. Two, you strike a honey of a deal mm-hmm. with a very good organization in yep. Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, but that's the only way, I think, if I'm a <laughs> if I'm a, a Iceman you know, whoever the new head coach is, uh, you know, Jason Christie might want him, but you know what, Smurf, you're not with us anymore. So <laughs> if you want him, you're going to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he knows that. So if, uh, if we're going to give up somebody like Brendan Warren, we better get a King's ransom in return because I do not want him going anywhere. Well, his rights belong to the Iceman because he was qualified. So, uh, you're right. You know, they're going to have to strike a deal or, you know, get him back in the fold. But certainly, you know, we hope to see Brendan uh, at the next, get an opportunity at the next level uh, a little bit more on a regular basis. And uh, look at the list, uh, some other good forwards. I like that Chris, I like Christopher Brown. You know, we talked about him uh, off, off, off the mic here, but, uh, He's another guy that could be 200, but he's got great speed. He can play in the middle because because of that speed, but you know can be on the obviously on the wing there as well. But uh, he's a guy I'd like to see bring back. But a guy I think we both like to see maybe a little bit more consistency from yes. as well. But boy, when he's on, he is red hot. Yeah, he's he's a guy you want on your team. There's no doubt about it. He's been around the block a little bit. He's got good bloodlines. Remember uh, with the, with his dad being a multi cup Stanley Cup winner with the Detroit Red, red Wings, Doug Brown. He's uh he's got the pedigree. He's well liked in the locker room. Kind of a quiet guy, if I recall. But uh, you know, you would know that uh, certainly a lot better than me. Do want to see more consistency in his game? But he has electrifying talent. If he can put it all together, uh, he kind of actually reminds me a little bit of Abbott Gerdukas. Yeah, really. I think he's got a better shot, uh, like an actual a shot from the from the point. His one timer, I think, is is really solid. But I wouldn't mind having a couple of those guys um, on my, you know, first line right wing, second line right wing. I mean, you've got those plug in place if you find a way to get Christopher Brown back with the Iceman. I feel like that gets done somehow, some way. Uh, it might take a little time. Sometimes some players take a little longer than others, but I feel pretty good about that one. Another one I feel good about is Derek Lodermeyer too. Yeah, me too. I like Derek. Uh... Just a, 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 you know, first of all, great character guy. Uh, he's, you know, I can't wait for you know fans to be able to get to meet some of these guys. But uh, you know, should Derek Lodemeyer come back, I think fans will really like to get to know him. But on the ice, big body, big frame, you know, just seemed to always be in the right spot, and, and he gets it done. Excellent penalty killer guy. I know that uh, Coach Christie really leaned on him to to you know anchor one of those penalty kill units that he had and. Um, you know, here's another guy, another rookie out of college that's going into his second pro season. And, you know, really, I, I think his development went pretty well. I think he had, how many, he, how many goals did he have last year? I think 15, 16? Right around there. Yeah, around that number, which is still pretty good. Um, and, you know, the only the only thing he I think he needs to work on is just maybe, you know, because he's a big guy, if he wants to get to that next level, I, I think he just needs to get a little meaner, a little nastier. He's such a great guy and a great person, you know, but, uh, you know, that he, that's just not his personality. But I think if he gets a little bit more physical, you know, I'm not saying he has to fight and hit all the time, but, you know, just get that a little bit of intangible there, play with a little bit more of a, a, an edge there. And I think that'll be enough to get him up there to elevate his game even further, not only this level, but hopefully at the next level. Because he's got the body side, he's got the tools, he's got the smarts. Um, you know, I, I really like that addition here. 
you talked about Aaron Azarian earlier about how well he played in an elite level of talent pool for the ECHL this year. Think about it as a rookie, you know, where you were a captain at the University of Vermont. You come here, you've got half the league's talent not able to play because they're not good enough anymore. Uh, so only the upper 50% of players that were in the ECHL were able to play in the ECHL again this year. You stepped right in. You were responsible. Jason Christie had him as his defensive zone faceoff man almost every single time it was an important draw as a rookie. Early in the season, he was doing this. He already had had him tabbed as you know. If I'm if I'm down a man, if it's if we're up a goal in the last minute of play and I need a draw in my own zone, it's loads. He sent him out. He he was sending him out in January for those draws early on. That showed me a lot. Uh, for him to be counted on in that capacity and to be able to have that kind of finishing touch and uh, create a you know screens in front of the net, probably half of his goals are on deflections. <laughs> I would say he's very good at getting the puck out of the air and redirecting it on net, and that is a skill in itself. Um, you know, you think of a guy like Joel Pravelski in the National Hockey League who's so good at it. He's kind of got those kind of mitts to be able to do that. Silky, I believe, as they say. <laughs> uh, and yeah, if you can add a little bit more grit to his game, maybe a little more physical play, maybe, ha- you know, as he's bearing down on the forecheck, if you're a defenseman who's coming in from a dump in and you see Derek Lodermeyer coming after you, I want that defenseman to fear him coming in and, uh, and getting that body check because it can force a turnover very, very easily. And that defense can turn into offense in a, in a, in a hurry, in a heartbeat. Yeah, certainly can. And of course, uh, you mentioned grit. Uh, physical play, well, then that, that, that's Ian McKinnon for you. He's yes. also on this list. A guy that, uh, you know, I don't know makes it back here or not. The Iceman will have his rights if he does. Uh, and the reason why I say that is just because he did wonders up there with the Providence Bruins last year. They needed somebody. They needed. They were getting pushed around by Hartford and the other teams up there they were playing. And, uh, you know, they called Coach Christie and says, we need some toughness. What do you got? And he said, Ian McKinnon. And, boy, he didn't disappoint Tough kid, um, fought everybody up there and handled himself very well. I, I, it's just unbelievable how tough the kid is. But I think he really made an impression. I'm not certain if he's gonna be brought back onto the fold. You know, I haven't seen anything announced yet on that. But uh, I would not surprise me at all. But then again, situation: if Providence ever needs to send him down, you know, he's gonna have to come here, or somebody's gonna have to give up something to get his rights. Yeah, I, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with uh, with Macker. I know that he certainly made an impact in Providence, not only on the ice but within the management as well. They were pleased with him also. Uh, I know he was well-liked in the locker room also up there, which is not a surprise at all. Uh, If you know uh, Ian McKinnon at all, uh, he is that kind of guy. Whether he ends up here, I'm not so sure. I'm not so certain if we need him as much anymore, especially if we've got Jacob Friend here full-time. Maybe if Croy Evenson comes back, we may have some toughness already. Maybe not as much up front as opposed to on the blue line, but uh, I... I'm skeptical whether he comes back, which is a good thing for him. Uh, I I actually, my first thought on him is that he ends up possibly sticking in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins, and and I wish him all the best if it comes down to that. And Rita, that leaves us with a final two here, Pascal Ake and Nick Saracino. To me, the most intriguing out of all eight of them is actually Nick Saracino and whether he's able to come back or not. Yeah, you know, both guys signing over in Europe, so, you know, that's one thing. It's not looking good, but uh, again, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out over there. That's not what they thought, or maybe it just doesn't happen. We hope it certainly does for both of them, but uh, if it doesn't and they have to come back to the East 
WCHL. They're coming here to Jacksonville. Obviously, those guys, big names here in this league. You know, maybe there's a team that's willing to give up somebody just to get their rights in the event that they come back because it's such a, a big name there as well. So, uh, But obviously, as it stands right now, two big losses here for this team. There's a ton of guys going to Europe from the ECHL, so yeah. it's not just the Icemen. But I think it's a smart move to protect both these guys. You wouldn't want them to come back and then go to one of your division rivals. So um, you know, those guys, we wish them all the best. Um, but again, the Icemen do have their rights for up to the, the next uh, calendar year. So uh, that, that's uh, that's really advantageous there. And from there, it just comes down to who's the next guy that are not protected, not mm-hmm. just from us, but from anybody. This is where a coach really makes their uh, their salary. It makes it worth their while to be able to build a roster. Recruiting is such a big thing here. And right now is the time where people are starting to not protect players. Players, more and more guys are becoming more and more available. Veterans in particular. Uh, you know, you want to be able to hit on your veterans. I think if there's one thing that I wish was different for the first four years for the Icemen, I wish they'd been able to hit on their veterans more regularly. They have a couple of times. Wacy Rabbit has been a big hit for the Icemen when he's been here uh, for the most part. But there's been some swings and misses, too, let's just say. Uh, that can't happen this year. You only get four veteran players. They are guys that you should be relying on to be impact players, game in, game out, with consistency to their game. Uh, and if the Icemen can find a way to hit on even three of those four guys, I think they're going to have a very successful season. But those are the guys that are out there right now. Who's the first veteran going to be that the Icemen sign? And who is it going to be the rest of the way? Because training camp is now less than two months away. I mean, it is very, very close. Very close and a lot going on. Just a note here on this qualifying list. If you didn't see one of your favorite players from last year on the list, it doesn't mean, you know, they're not coming back. It means they could have already signed potentially. Sure. Or you know, that, that's a possibility or whatever. Or they've had conversations with the organization that, hey, I'll give you a verbal commit right now. That way you don't have to add me to the list and we can work on the contract later. There's all kinds of things. So, uh, again, but we'll have more signings coming up here uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. We'll take our final break, come back, and Arlie and I will wrap things up here. But uh, the stage is set here. The roster starting to get built. Got to get a coach to lead these guys. That's all going to be coming here as well. But uh, we'll take a break, come back. We'll wrap things up here on the Ice Cap Podcast. Full and half-season Iceman Elite memberships are currently on sale. Elite memberships offer discounted ticket pricing and guarantees you the same seats to enjoy all of the action. As an Elite member, you will be invited to attend exclusive events throughout the season, receive merchandise and parking discounts, and even meet the team. Monthly payment plans are also available. Packages start as low as $260. For more information, contact the Iceman office at 904-602-PUCK or log on to jacksicemen.com. Icemen Hockey, feel the freeze. And welcome back to the Ice Cap Podcast as we are moments away from closing out our third installment uh, of this podcast. Alex Reed alongside Arlie Johnson. And uh, first couple segments have been great. Great discussion about Coach Christie moving up to the Buffalo Sabres of the National Hockey League. And also, you know, talking a little bit about the who's going to be the next guy next in line, the second coach in Jacksonville Iceman history. And then in the last segment there, Arlie and I talking a little bit about this roster and how it's shaping up. But, you know, we're going to go off the ice now and, 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 Go into another big uh, thing that happened here recently, and that, of course, is the big announcement. It's not really – it wasn't 
big announcement from the standpoint we, we've known this is coming. We've already announced that the Icemen have, uh, and, and the city have worked on this deal to, to renovate the Jacksonville Ice and Sportsplex. But now we have a name to it, and we have groundbreaking. It is now in the moves here. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about the newly named uh, the Community First Igloo. Yeah, a great partner of the Icemen since day one, and now they really expanded here. You know, getting their their name on this building and being a partner, they're eventually going to be uh, the sponsor of the junior Icemen uh, youth hockey programs, which is what this whole building is really going to be. Uh, uh, you know, about and bring to the next level. This is kind of like the legacy part of the Jacksonville Icemen. I and like that. It's it's really going to be awesome there, and uh, and really really want to develop it. And you know, you look at it, you know, maybe one day, you know, 10, 12, 12, 15 years down the road, you'll you'll get a a player that started over in that rink and then now played for the Icemen. I mean, you know, it's funny you, you say that, but you know, the Florida Everblades have had that. Logan have. Rowe is a guy that you know started his hockey over there in their arena and their youth program, and. He's one of the best defensemen, sound defensemen in, in the ECHL. So, you know, it, it certainly can happen. And uh, that's that legacy part we're talking about. But again, Iceman uh, or the Community First Igloo and the Iceman taking now operation of that as of August 2nd. The groundbreaking, they've already started demolition there. They're going to add that second sheet of ice. Arlie, this is not only great for the organization, but really for the city as a whole. I mean, this is something that everyone in the city and Northeast Florida can enjoy. Yeah, you don't even have to be a sports fan at all to be appreciative of this kind of a deal and set up and, and for the renovation of this building to come to fruition. If you haven't seen the designs of it already, please do yourself a favor and go do that. You have to go do that. Uh, it is going to be incredible looking. It looks like a palace. Uh, <laughs> it really does. I'm not just saying that just to, you know, to be flip about it. it is, it's going to be beautiful. It really will. Uh, and, for anybody out there from a community aspect, you can come in there, maybe try and work on your hockey game. If you've got kids out there that you want to get them involved in something, hockey is a tremendous way to do it. It is a passion unlike any other. Get them involved. And if it's not through that, it can be through other things as well. Uh, you know, they've got a full-service restaurant, as you, as you said. They're going to have that also. It is obviously hockey-centric, but there's going to be so much more to it than that. Uh, it's just as good for the Icemen as it is for the city of Jacksonville. I know uh, Mayor Curry is very passionate about it as well. Community First, very passionate about it. It's uh, I just can't wait to see it. 10 to 12 month uh, turnaround, I believe. So by next <laughs> yep. summer, by yep. the 2022 training camp, uh, it is going to be in full motion and ready to go. Uh, I cannot wait to see this thing with my own eyes. Yeah, it's going to be great. A home for the Icemen uh, to practice. Their, their locker rooms are going to be state-of-the-art. Uh, again, you mentioned... Uh, you know, they're going to have the restaurant and the bar in there. They're going to have the pro shop. There's an eSports uh, center. And, you know, and of course, the, the public skating is going to happen there as well. So there's so much going on. And I know one thing that the team wants to do in conjunction with the city and, and, and the mayor's office and with Community First, they want to get hockey out to, you know, communities in this area and introduce the game to, 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 to the youth in this area. Yeah. They're going to get into the neighborhoods and, and have try hockey free days and, and those types of things. That's the really awesome part. Uh, about this whole thing, and, and we can't wait. And of course, Iceman offices will eventually be over there too. Oh, so. right, that's HQ. He had to be the headquarters. You're so. moving. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, again another another you know check mark in, into this organization and and its stability here uh, in the area. Yeah. And and one other thing, real quick, that I want to add to that from an Iceman perspective specifically, as opposed to a community aspect, major major recruiting tool. Not only that, it's so nice, but 
you know, the ice and sportsplex, how it was, let's just say that wasn't a recruiting tool <laughs> before. Uh, and word gets around about things like that. Sometimes you hear, oh, well, I don't want to practice in that place. It's too cold. It's too old. It's too this. Now you're trying to wheel a guy, you know, calling somebody in Manitoba somewhere saying, I want you to come here. Look at this facility we have for you. That changes things. That can be the difference. And again, not just saying this to be dramatic about it. That literally can be the difference between a guy saying, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm coming here. And a guy saying, I'm, I'm not going to bother. I, I found a different place. It could absolutely be the difference. Just as player housing can be the difference. Just as no state taxes can be the difference. This will be a recruiting tool for the Icemen. And even if you get just one extra guy out of it, it could be the difference uh, in how your team performs. Uh, you talk about those veterans and, and knocking those out of the park, hitting on those. That's one way you do it, Arlie. You know, and th- these guys, especially the veterans, a lot of them are older and and uh, they have you know they have families, they may have wives, they may have kids. They want to go to the right spot, and uh, and that's exactly this is all part of the tool and part of the building process uh, in in landing those veterans. And before we close it out here, and you know the good news just keeps on coming. Just uh, you know, wanted to give a, a shout out to the Iceman uh, front office there, and um, you know they were na- they were named finalists for five. Uh, ECHL League awards for this past season. The results will be uh, announced uh, whether or not they win those awards there uh, at the league, the summer league meetings in Las Vegas on August 16th and 17th. But the Iceman been nominated for the Marketing Team of the Year, Most Creative Revenue Generation of the Year, Most Creative Ticket Package of the Year, and for uh, the Best Theme Night of the Year. And then, of course, uh, a big shout-out, uh, one more uh, award finalist there, and that is uh, Iceman Business Development Manager Trent Blair. He's been named a finalist for Sales Professional of the Year Award. I, it doesn't surprise me at all that this is happening, but, again, another feather in the cap there for the Iceman uh, up for five league awards. And uh, there's eight categories. They got nominated in five of them. It's just unbelievable. Uh, wish them all the best here, and, and hopefully we'll have – uh, some even better news on that front uh, in our next segment to, to share the results of that uh, when those were announced in Las Vegas. Maybe uh, maybe a victor or two in there from a team aspect, and in Trent's case, from an individual aspect. Thrilled for Trent, for sure. I do have to say, though, Reader, how were we not nominated for PR <laughs> Broadcaster of the Year? I, I, they had, there was only 14 teams. They chose five, and we didn't make it. Reader, don't they know who we are? They don't know that we're the, we're the tandem man, the broadcast tandem. Ah. How many teams have a broadcast tandem? Well, there's a couple, but hey, you know, <laughs> we are the broadcast tandem. I mean, we're doing this podcast here today. You're right, man. Hey, we'll just use this motivation yes. to this yes. upcoming year. So. Uh, we will broadcast with a chip on our shoulder this year. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not, well, I'm looking forward to it, getting getting to broadcast again. Yes, so. we got to get you back. Yeah, absolutely. It should be fun, man. Well, it, it is fun right now, and we're also just out of time, too, Arlie. So uh, this was a great episode because there's just so much to talk about it. It's just so Fun to see what's happening with this organization, and uh, and the news just keeps getting better and better every time we do one of these uh, these episodes. Yeah, so again, a short off season. I imagine the next time that you have a podcast, whether it's me or with somebody else, there's going to be uh, so much more to talk about in a short period of time. Perhaps we have a new head coach the next time we've got a, a podcast that might dominate the entire uh, show. If that's the case. All right. Well, Arlie, thanks again. Thanks for jumping back on. It's good to have you back here on the program. Got to give a thank you to uh, Gemstone Media for allowing uh, some studio time. Ryan in there uh, getting us taken care of. So appreciate uh, his efforts here and uh, helping us out with the podcast. And of course, you, the listener as well. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. We got some great feedback uh, from the, the last couple of uh, episodes. We're glad to see that. It's awesome to see the, the chatter and people are really enjoying this. Uh, and we enjoy bringing it to you. So thank you for listening to the Ice Cop Podcast. Until next 
Stop.